Hello. What does wisdom look like? Four weeks into the series of Becoming Wise, I thought to myself, what does wisdom look like? Someone who has greatly influenced me over the decades wrote, wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. It has virtually nothing to do with information as such, with knowledge as such. Uh, a college degree is no certification of wisdom. When I was a young guy many, 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 many decades ago uh, and completed year 12, I was fortunate enough to receive a scholarship to Melbourne University. And I was so happy because all the older people's taxes were paying for my education. But I realised that I was totally clueless about wisdom. I didn't even know there was such a thing, let alone what it looked like. I turned up to gain knowledge, but I had not a drop of wisdom. And my life reflected that fact. That person who's influenced me over the decades, decades continues to say, wisdom has to do with becoming skillful in honouring our parents and raising our children, handling our money and conducting our sexual lives, going to work and exercising leadership, using words well and treating friends kindly, eating and drinking healthily, cultivating emotions within ourselves and attitudes towards others that makes for peace. Threaded through all these items, the insistence is the insistence that the way we think of and respond to God is the most practical thing we can do. In matters of everyday practicality, nothing, absolutely nothing, takes precedence over God, writes Eugene Peterson. So wisdom is learning how to do life better. Therefore, wisdom is practical, practical and practical. It's hands-on, realistic, active, workable, and it's empirical, which means you can measure wisdom's progress within your life journey or lack of progress. Wisdom is about learning how to flourish within the furnace of daily living. So we've got a little bit of a glimpse of what wisdom is. Let's look at how does wisdom work. The Apostle Paul wrote to the early Christians in Philippi and he said, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Here's a couple of things to think about. Paul is not saying you must work for your salvation. He's saying you need to figure out how your salvation is expressed thoughtfully, graciously and generously in the environment you find yourself in. Hmm, that sounds like wisdom to me. And where Paul mentions with fear and trembling, that means obeying God with deep reverence and sensitivity. Question, 
In this passage, what is God actually doing? What is God actually doing? So let me take you back to how does wisdom work? God continually works in you. That's part one of how wisdom works. He keeps pushing wisdom inputs towards you. These wisdom inputs include his word, the Bible, wise mentors, healthy parents, healthy teachers, healthy friends, healthy youth leaders, healthy bosses, healthy life groups with lots of food, consistent corporate worship, healthy partners, and even healthy elders. And if our sovereign God is through and over and under all things, he will also move certain wisdom inputs towards you through such agencies as history, philosophy, the sciences, literature, the arts, and even through contemporary culture at times. There is no time God is not continually working within you to fulfil his good purposes. So, how does wisdom work? Part one, God is working in you. Inputs. How does wisdom work? Part two, go back to the passage. Look at that passage. What is your role? It totally involves you working out what has been placed in you. Outputs. Receiving inputs and having no outputs is called speculation, uh, cheap talk, religious waffle, New Year's resolutions and best intentions. The working in of wisdom is God's role. The working out of wisdom is entirely your responsibility and mine. A wise person is a workout in progress. So for those who choose to become wise, here's two challenging wisdom workout exercises to progressively build your wisdom muscles. Are you ready? The first wisdom workout exercise is Ask the right questions. There is wisdom all around you on two legs, but you must seek them out. The responsibility is entirely on you. The writer of Proverbs says, People's thoughts can be like a deep well, but someone with understanding can find the wisdom there. Godly wisdom and counsel are hidden deep inside certain women and men. The thirsty wisdom workout people go looking for these deep, refreshing wells. And then they ask the right questions to draw out the refreshing wisdom from these deep wells on two legs. For example, last week, Marcy skillfully drew out from the deep well Refreshing wisdom from two of Gateway's senior saints who are still flourishing as they continue in the furnace of daily living. Marcy asked the right questions and we gained refreshing wisdom insights that money can't buy you. 
All right, second wisdom workout exercise. Ask the right people. Many, many decades ago, many decades ago, early morning, uh, I found myself in Russell Street, Melbourne, at, near the start of Russell Street, and uh, I was just about to walk in a tiny little cafe there. And as I was about to walk in, a man walked up to me on the footpath, and he said, excuse me, sir, um, can you please tell me where the Playbox Theatre is? And I said, no worries, mate. So we're standing there and I said, right, we looked up the slope of Russell Street and I said, go over Flinders Lane and keep walking. He said, yep. I said, when you get to Collins Street, go through Collins Street, keep walking up Russell Street. He said, yep. I said, when you come to uh, Little Collins Street, keep walking. He said, gotcha. I said, then when you come to Burke Street, yep, he said, I said, turn left and walk down towards Swanson Street. When you're just about there, you'll find the Playbox Theatre. And he said, thank you so much. And off he went. I went into the cafe and came out about a minute later. And I was just standing there. And I happened to look up. And right above me was a big sign. And guess what it said on it? Playbox Theatre. I looked at the sign and looked at the little door, then realised that right next to the cafe door, the little cafe door, was a little side door to the Playbox Theatre. So I sent this unsuspecting man off on some half-hour walk somewhere through Melbourne, and I hope he's eventually found his way back. You see, ask the right person. Don't ask the wrong person. He asks the right question but he asked the wrong person. So how do you recognise the right person? How do you recognise a wise person to ask the questions? You watch their feet, their actions. Wisdom is action. The knowledgeable know, but the wisdom do. Wisdom is action. Words are just words. Sometimes in our church bubbles, we think someone must be wise because whenever they pray or preach or speak in a group setting, they switch to a deep baritone, baritone voice. Thus saith the Lord. I remember as a young impressionable Christian, I thought, oh, they, 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 sound, they, they sound wise. That, that must be how God talks. Well, we think someone is wise because they suddenly look serious Whenever there is a spiritual discussion, they stroke their chins and frown. As a young Christian, again, I used to think, oh, they must be wise because they look so serious and that's how God must be. He must stroke his beard and frown all the time. Let's go back to Eugene Peterson and break down the wisdom workout actions, the outputs of a wise person. A wise person, they are wise in honouring their parents and raising their children. They are wise in handling their money. They are wise in conducting their sexual lives. They are wise in going to work and exercising leadership. They are wise in using words well and treating friends kindly. 
They're wise in eating and drinking healthily. They're wise in cultivating emotions within themselves. They're wise in cultivating attitudes towards others that makes for peace. Notice how these actions of a wise person are value-adding outputs. You want these wise people on your team. Your wisdom muscles will be enlarged by just hanging around them. These are the right people to be asking the right questions that are relevant to your personal wisdom journey. They're the ones who are quietly and graciously flourishing within the furnace of daily living. Your job is to seek them out, outputs. And these deep wells of refreshing wisdom have their internal GPSs set towards a certain destination that the majority of consumer Christians will choose to avoid or ignore. They have quietly developed the regular habit of spending quality time with the source of all wisdom bar none. Another deep well person who has influenced me over the decades wrote, in our culture and among Christians as well, Jesus Christ is automatically dissociated from brilliance or intellectual capacity. Not one in a thousand will spontaneously think of him in conjunction with words such as well-informed, brilliant or smart. Far too often, he's regarded as hardly conscious. He's taken as a mere icon, a wraith-like semblance of a man living on the margins of the real life where you and I must dwell. He's perhaps fit for the role of sacrificial lamb or alienated social critic, but little more, he writes. But can we seriously imagine that Jesus could be Lord if he were not smart? If he were divine, would he be dumb or uninformed? Once you stop to think about it, how could it be what Christians take him to be in other respects and not be the best informed and most intelligent person of all. The smartest person who ever lived bring us the best information on the most important subjects. He goes on to say, what lies at the heart of the astonishing disregard of Jesus found in the moment to moment existence of multitudes of professing Christians is a simple lack of respect for him. He's not seriously taken to be a person of great ability. But what then can devotional worship mean if simple respect is not included in it? By contrast, he says, the early Christians took the power of God's life in Jesus to all quarters of the earth. They thought of Jesus as one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They thought of him as a master of every domain of life, says Dallas Willard. Jesus is our deep well God. A worship service or youth group or leaders group or young adults group or life group 
or individual Christian who is not Jesus-focused has lost their way. Their internal GPS is broken. They are lost in a wisdomless world. Let me go over the inputs I've been trying to put in you so you're tooled up for the outputs for yourself. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. The working in of wisdom is God's role, inputs. The working out of wisdom is entirely your responsibility, outputs. Ask the right questions. Ask the right people. And all wisdom revolves around Jesus, in whom are hidden all the tr treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's where the deep well saints draw their refreshing wisdom from. See you guys again.